from the heart of Dubai, where tomorrow is being built today to the world. Welcome to the CTO Show with Mehmet. Here, we redefine technology and reimagine possibilities. With Mehmet, delve into the riveting realms of AI, cybersecurity, and digital technology. Experience the thrilling highs and lows of startups. Immerse yourself in the spirit of entrepreneurship and witness the future of business innovation being written in real time. Now, without further ado, let's tune in and explore the future. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the CTO Show with Mehmet. Today, I'm very pleased joining me, Sean Tepper. Sean, thank you very much for joining me today. The way I love to do it is I keep it to my guests to introduce themselves. So tell us a little bit about you and, you know, uh, your journey and how, uh, you know, it led you to what you are doing today. Sure. Well, first off, Mehmet, really appreciate the invite to the uh, podcast. Um, so, yeah, I'll give you my backstory here. I'll try to keep it to a few minutes that we can dive in if you have questions there after. Um, I've got about 20 years in business. I've had a few uh, businesses I've tried through the years, uh, some failures along the way. But um, my first business was in the 2000s. I built an agency of service business really focused on building software and, um, and web applications, mainly for smaller, mid-sized businesses. Did that for like, you know, four or five years. Uh, this was through the recession, didn't make any money. Um, but learned a lot about different business models, different opportunities, what kind of business models you could create. And fortunately, it was uh, 2010, we did see a little more traction, which caused a larger agency to approach us and say, hey, would you merge with us? And I was like, absolutely. I needed a lot of agency owners will tell you it's a harder business to run because creating reoccurring revenue is pretty difficult. Um, so I was like, yes, I need I need a fresh start and went through the merger in 2010 and it was there was no check like hey here's a million dollars you get to ride off into the sunset it was none of that it was essentially all debts and liabilities wiped clean so i'm like all right that's awesome that's a fresh start and then what i did thereafter is i turned my attention to the stock markets um, or, or i should say more investing it was more angel investing investing in private businesses and then at the same time, I got into corporate contracting, primarily project management. Um, so I've done a lot of work with larger companies for about, um, that was supposed to be two years was my goal before I started my next venture that turned into really 12 to go full time with my next venture. Um, but anyway, just going and getting back to investing, I tried a lot of things with investing that did not work. And then in 2015, I said, hey, I could be angel investing or in other words, investing in private companies for the next 20 years and not make any money because this is kind of a losing game. And in 2015, I said, okay, so let's let's do this the right way, like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, um, and, and learn how you actually invest in the stock markets and make consistent returns. Because I know like, and Warren Buffett has said this, that if you were managing a million dollars, even up to 10 million, he could make 50% per year. The question is, how does somebody who's, you know, making that those returns, but they're not using emotions. I know, I knew this guy, like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, they're not, uh, these guys are not gambling men. They don't use emotions or feelings when they pick stocks, which means they're starting with logic. So 
I knew they're starting with math. So I kind of applied my background in project management, software engineering, project management, and, and created an Excel sheet. And my goal was to beat the market. I wanted to make consistent returns to beat the market. Fortunately, a guy out there by the name of Phil Town, he provided some of the calculus and he was helpful with putting the sheet together. So I kind of read a few of his books. One is rule one. The other one is payback time. He's got a third book called Invested. He wrote with his daughter, Danielle, and I'm sure it's great. I just haven't read it, but um, I got what I needed out of those books. And prior to that, I read a lot of other books and I went down the YouTube rabbit hole and there, <laughs> there was a lot of noise. But uh, anyway, yeah, put, put this Excel sheet together, kind of created a gamified experience because I wanted kind of a green light, red light decision-making process for buying stocks. There's so many people out there giving you like, hey, this stock's a buyer, this is a sell. How do you cut through the clutter to really know is a stock truly a good or bad investment? So took took a while to build a, this Excel sheet, but um, the first year made 15%, next year was 16%, third year was 80%. The reason is I sold my ETFs, I got out of those and just went all in on individual stocks. And this is value investing, this is not stock trading. We could talk about that too, the differences there. but. Um, yeah, I used it for four years, brings me to 2019. And that's when I started sharing this Excel sheet with a few other retail investors, just regular guys like myself, as well as some, uh, some people in um, corporate finance. And everybody was like, hey, when are you going to turn this into a software to share with others? So it's, it was like a solid 10 years later after that merger that I have uh, a business idea I want to move forward with because I knew SaaS was where I wanted to be. So it took about 10 years to kind of come up with an idea um, and something that is needed in the market. So yeah, we went, we went, uh, we actually, I started building in 2019, went live in 2020, took six months to get the first paying customer. And I knew that was the case because I built a lot of software by that point. So your first objective is to bring people into the platform for free, but get feedback really fast. Like, hey, what do you like? What don't you like? How can we make this better? Um, and then, yeah, fast forward today, we've got a little over 8,000 customers in about 50 countries. And then the thing we're really proud of is we actually have a Trustpilot score of 4.9 out of 5. So I always tell people, like, if you want to invest and you want to use Ticker, like, don't take my word for it. Just go to Trustpilot, see what our customers have to say. That's, uh, you know, a nice story about a, you know, the, the problem building it and taking the time. So, um, especially because sure, maybe you'll agree with me when, when you do it with the B2C, it's much harder because like, um, you know, you need to also take care of, of your customers because from volume per perspective, yeah. uh, you have a larger audience, I would say. So, so the validation, you did it, I would say offline before even like, you you make it as a SaaS, but you know what I'm interested in. So on, on building the software itself, uh, like what were like the stages that you went through to see? Because okay, you had the Excel sheet; it was with you, so you mm -hmm. you know how it works. But I mean, and because you've been doing you know this for a long time, so yourself you invested, you know how to yeah. do it. But for someone like me, for example, who doesn't, you know, uh, like go to, to these platforms usually, and I don't maybe nothing about uh, investing or trading. So how did you manage, you know, to, to get this into a 
format that anyone can can get it from the con the customer perspective yeah so fortunately i i was able to build a lot of software over the years project management some product ownership as well um and and really there's a lot of architecture in there so kind of a mix of of a few key skills that i kind of developed through the years but yeah with excel sheet i kind of knew like what it would look like I was able to do wireframes. I've always used Photoshop. I don't really recommend Photoshop these days. I uh, I prefer to use Figma. Like my team uses Figma, but but yeah, like my goal is like let's get an MVP out there. And I invested about thirty thousand of my own money. I have I've always had like my main revenue stream, which is like working for larger companies in a contractor position. But then I've always done consulting on the side. So I in the U.S. you can create like a business entity called an LLC. Um, so I just create that separate and it's just like small projects here and there or advice. People come to me. Um, what would you do here? Do you give them a few hours and there you go. You, you make a few hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever. But so I had some money set aside in this LLC account and waiting for the opportunity to execute on a SaaS. So it took about 30 grand and about a year's worth of work to build the MVP. So that was the first step. Um, and I can tell you right now that first version wasn't far from pretty. It's <laughs> pretty ugly. We're on our third version now. We're going to be sticking with it. But the second version was a step up. But this third version was really that it really I give all the credit to my team. They've done such a good job. But it's I would say it's more that world class SaaS I was looking for. That first version was like, what? What is this? Sean, like also one because I've, I've covered kind of what you are doing. We can call it fintech, kind of, right? So it is, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so usually, when we talk finance, especially for like customers, I mean, like not B two B, B two C space, there must be a lot of things you need also to take care of before launching this, because and luckily enough, you validated this. But I'm asking this, like for example. If someone decides today, not necessarily to do the same thing, it could be maybe a landing uh, SaaS platform. It might be anything. So any anything that as a founder I need to prepare for from, you know, I don't know, like from business perspective to protect, you know, people from maybe coming later and suing me. Because, for example, here, here you... You, you give them advice, I believe, or not. And we're going to discuss this more into details about, you know, how they will invest their money. So so how how do you manage uh, the policies and, and the regulations when you build something in the fintech space? Yeah, so our model falls into the category of a publisher. You have an advisor. That's a different category. That's when you you provide personalized financial advice. An example would be, let's say I ask you questions such as what's your age, what's your retirement goal? Um, like how much do you have put aside? What's your risk tolerance? That's personal. What we do is we analyze stocks and then we spit out a rating. So it's actually, we have a really simple rating system. It's either on sale, watch, or overpriced. A stock is on sale. If it's if it's green, it's looking really good, strong financials, and it's red or overpriced. If it's something you should obviously avoid, so we we empower people to make their own decisions. And our model is to go a step further than publisher. We're we're technically a screener and educational platform all in one. So 
people, they don't actually give us money. They still have to use a broker. Like I use TD Ameritrade here in the States, a big player around the globe. A lot of people use as interactive brokers. Um, it's in about 200 countries and territories. Where you're at in Dubai, I'm not sure if uh, DeGiro is available there, but um, anyway, you still need a broker. IB is here. Like uh, they, they, they operate here in, in, in Dubai. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So that's, and we fall in that category and we got terms of service that, Hey, this is not, um, personalized financial advice. You ultimately are making your own decisions. So, and our, our model, so, you know, it's, it's really low price to get in. Like we're a 14 day free trial, no credit card. We want people coming in risk-free and then, uh, thereafter it's 15 bucks a month or, or, uh, 99 a year. Most people go up a yearly because that's uh, about equal to three months discount. So that's that's how we get into the territory of a publisher, not an advisor. We're a, we're a screener model. Sean, there was a debate recently. I saw it on X, you know, where majority of the people who, who build in public and all this stuff, especially in the SaaS space. And I saw a debate about, you know, what you just mentioned regarding the trial. So some people, they are with giving these trials, let's say seven days, 14 days. Why some people, they believe, no, like you should, you know, not give this option. Maybe you have a, a lower tier, which I'm just, you know, giving up numbers yeah. from my head, out of my head now. Like, let's say $7 instead of like $20, and, but it will give you very basic things and then you can upgrade. And, and because you have done this before. So do, do you think, you know, the trial is the best approach or it might be depending on what you're offering there? I am a big fan of trials. I actually, I would recommend for anybody that's B2C, you want, you want a fork probably about a seven to 14 day, probably you don't need more than 14 days, but it should be a trial without adding a credit card. You want the least amount of friction. And then it is your responsibility as the product owner leading your team to make the product so good, like so irresistible that they can't like leave after the 14 days they are adding their credit card on their own. It is your responsibility. And in order to do that, you got to ask a lot of really good questions. Like, what are you looking for most? What, or if you ever read the book, the mom test, you don't want to be asking questions about your own platform all the time. You want to ask questions about other platforms. Why do you pay for that platform? What features keep you there? And then it's like, okay, you start adding those to your own. So that's B2C. B2B you can do the no, I would recommend it depending on what your model is and what industry you're in. You could do the 14 day free trial. I like two weeks because it's just enough time. Some people go 30 days and it's like, that's too long. Go 14 days, let people use the system and you could either go, you know, require the credit card up front or don't require it at all. I know Neil Patel did some studies on this. He did a, a case study. He's got a whole article. He's that SEO guy. He's pretty good. And he, he showed some statistics and it kind of came out even like based on revenue, like, do you put the credit card required up front or, or do you have people add their credit card thereafter? So I'm, I'm still in favor of least friction and put it on you as the product owner to really make it so good. <laughs> people have to have their credit card. I like that model best. I am with you again, in both, honestly, because 
uh, and give them the option to do the trial without the credit card because I believe, I know from myself, like I feel more confident that, okay, these guys, they know what they are doing. So they know probably that I'm going to go and actually buy the subscription because they're not forcing me to, to give that information up front. So I agree with you. And because I, my experience was in B2B, to your point, yeah, 30 days is too much. 14 days is kind of a sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, of course, like it depends, as you said, but there must be exceptions, of course. But yeah, I, I like the idea because, you know, like it's even in B2C, people, they love to try things before they commit to it. So uh, yeah. make makes a lot of sense. Now, I know, yeah, please, Sean. Yeah, I was going to say B2C can be kind of finicky because you, you're dealing with, like you mentioned earlier, it's a volume game right? B2B, you need a lot less customers to make a living. With B2C, it's high volume. So how do you get as many people into the platform with the least amount of friction as possible? And it's not only getting them in with least friction, but then the pricing. You like we like I really like Netflix and I really like Duolingo. Like I study those businesses inside and out. Like why do people pay and stay? like that ongoing and and a key there's and i'll get this is really important we did a lot of testing with pricing like what should our pricing be at we started at like 49 then we went to 39 then to 29 and we just weren't getting it we went to 19 and then the yearly was like 200 bucks or something and then i saw a video from jason cohen your audience should look up him he sold a few b2b SaaS businesses and he said the sweet spot for yearly, it's like a magic number is 99. 99 is your sweet spot. A lot of people will pay it and they won't churn out of it. Um, and then, of course, you want to create a monthly that's a bit higher. So it creates an incentive. So people obviously they look at the 15 in our case versus the 99. It's like, oh, OK, so I can save three months by going to 99. And I tell you what, our churn went from like 11 percent per month to like 5 percent. And you should be. Have you ever read the book T2D3? It's a great book on SaaS businesses. You want to kind of be at that 5.75 monthly churn or less, 5.75% or less. That's where B2B, there's a little more leeway with B2C. It can probably be as high as seven. But yeah, it felt good to go from 11 down to five just by changing the pricing. Yeah, again, because we covered here about um, validation and uh you know, how sh you should be agile. And this is a great example shown on, you know, trying what we call the A-B testing. So try different pricing model, try, you know, different things, which is pretty much needed. Uh, I, I love this approach. Yeah, and you're right. Like the number 99 for yearly subscription is kind of a magic one. Even I know for myself, uh, I've seen like some of the paid communities also, they they do this. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so uh, I think... Uh, when they made it 99, a lot of people, they just, you know, decided, yeah, it's okay. It's like just $99, right? So for one year, which is great. And to kind of expand on that. So, you know, we're taught, we're taught in business to charge what you're worth. Well, that's applicable to a service. Like if you're an accountant or an attorney or a software engineer or you know, a consultant in some way, shape or form, like a marketing assembly, of course, charge what you're worth. But with the SaaS business, especially B2C at the lowest tiers, even B2B at the lowest tiers, you got to charge what people are willing to pay 
not what you're like. And then you got to kind of back into that with what features are appropriate at that level. So that's, that's the balance there. And that's what, you know, when I started high, it's like, well, ticker, you know, I'm getting really good returns here. Like, of course, I'm going to start at 49 a month. No, <laughs> 39 a month. No, that did not work. 29. And then you get down to the 99 year and it's like, gosh, I can give me, giving this thing away. And then I was like, this is not about the platform. It's about what people are willing to pay. And then you add more value in there and you don't make big price spikes from there. If you keep adding more value at that price point, then your churn reduces. And that's what you're looking for. Absolutely. Now, Sean, we were discussing before, you know, uh, we, we started recording that you, you have, uh, you know, utilized AI inside Ticker. So can you elaborate a little bit more and how yeah. actually, uh, you know, you, the platform at all at, uh, you know, as a whole benefited from, from the AI? Sure. So the Ticker platform, just for context there, it's, it's pretty simple math and we are, so everybody knows we are open source. Our calculations are open source. So what does that mean? You can go to ticker.com. There's an educational tab. And then if you scroll down, there's a calculations here. You can see all the math. We always tell people, if you'd like, you can go create your own version of ticker. However, we still hope you stay with us. So, and what we do there is we, we look at the growth rates of the revenue, net income, EPS, um, free cash flow. We also look at debt and liabilities. We're going to see those numbers decreasing, but we're looking at the growth rates of those numbers. So we don't use AI for that. We use AI for something else that's a little more special. So check this out. There's a lot of people in finance, and I see this on Wall Street, uh, and of course, all over Reddit and X and Twitter <laughs> and YouTube as well. They'll They'll start and they'll stop their analysis with the numbers only. And that's a mistake because business is more than just numbers. You got to look past the numbers and understand the business model. So uh, Warren Buffett has said you will always want to invest in a business you understand. Well, Phil Town went a step further and created what's called the four M's. And what we did is we kind of changed the order. But here are those four M's. And, and then I'll explain how ChatGPT actually helps us with this. It's built into our software now. So the first M is the margin of safety. That encompasses the math part of investing. Um, a margin of safety real quick. It's kind of like, let's say you see a stock that has a share price of $100, but a fair value of $200. That's a margin of safety of 50%. The $100 is 50% off the 200. It's kind of like you go to the grocery store, you see a gallon of milk listed at five bucks, but then it's crossed off and it says 250 on sale for 250. Like that's what you're doing with stocks. You want to buy them on sale. Um, so that's the math part. The second M is the meaning. That's the business model. How does the business make money? How many different revenue streams does it have? You want a business model that has a lot of revenue streams because if one is pulled out, it can still sustain and grow with the other revenue streams. And then the third M is the moat. That, that's how a business compares to other companies in the same sector and industry. You want companies that have a wider moat. And then the last M is the management. That's the track record of the CEO. So those last three M's, you can't use math for those. You have to kind of use Google. You've got to have some business acumen. However, Ticker does it all for you automatically. It's kind of like this game of, excuse me here, a gamified experience. It kind of walks you through and you see ChatGPT taking you through these different milestones and breaking down the, the business for you. 
it takes about two minutes to get through an analysis of a stock. But when you get through, you have a really good understanding of the business, how it makes money, who the competitor or who the other businesses are, it stacks up against. And then, of course, the CEO. So um, that's how we're using open AI plug. We use enterprise plan plugged into ticker. That's amazing. So you save, you know, as someone, again, who's not uh, experienced, I get all the analysis in just few clicks, I believe. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Now, one thing before I jump into the, you know, the, the investing part, because I'm, I'm curious about it also as well. So you mentioned, uh, Sean, that, you know, you have the customer base, you know, in, in more than 50 countries, right? Mm -hmm. So first, you know, like it's like two question loaded in, in, in one. So did you expect that actually you would get, you know, customers outside of, of the U.S. and, you know, like the number jumps to, to that? Uh, uh, 50 plus and the second one because you know the, the the customer base i would say so what might have worked in the us might not work for example in the uk or in in, in, in australia or i don't know you know in other parts so any specific challenges that you have uh, you know uh, seen in this and how how did you uh, overcame these these challenges when it comes to to diverse customer base? So I didn't see us expanding beyond, but I was open to it because I always wanted a global SaaS. I, I give a lot of credit to working with uh, previous um, clients of mine would be GE and Kohler, both great companies, but I really enjoyed working with global teams. And I always thought, hey, it'd be really cool to have my own global SaaS. And, and just to give context for you there, when I started Ticker, I had the option, I could go down the road, the road and create a broker. But the problem is creating a broker, there's a lot of red tape, a lot of legal hoops, and then you're really pigeonholed to that country and then trying to expand to other countries is very difficult. So what Interactive Brokers did, for example, is very hard to do to serve that many countries. It's, I give them so much credit, but they've been around for decades. So they've got the, the runway to achieve that. So we... I decided let's go the route of education because that's where people need help the most. Does the world really need another broker? My answer to that would be no, there, <laughs> there's enough out there. However, people are always starting them every other day, but nobody's focusing on education. So I focused on that. And then we started getting leads and getting um, referral partners from uh, other countries and sending us customers and it just made sense. I'm, I'm glad I went that route because what's nice is how we look at stocks. It doesn't matter if your stock is located in, it could be in Europe or the US or Canada or India, Indonesia. It does not matter where it's located because we're looking at the growth rates of the numbers, you know, year over year, quarter over quarter. Um, so yeah, it, it, again, it really doesn't matter. So it made sense to go the the screener and educational route as opposed to broker. It just kind of happened organically, fortunately. Amazing. And this, I think, why you you have put this educational part inside the platform also as well. So it becomes like, regardless of where you live, because I think the rules apply, whether it's like the U.S. stock market, Europe stock market, uh, Dubai it's stock market. So so all it's all the same rules, so which, is, which is amazing. Now, I want to shift a little bit more, and this is out of curiosity, and, you know, mm -hmm. some people might uh, ask me, <laughs> what's that related to the CTO show? But it's important as well, because uh, at the end of the day, 
maybe the company I'm telling this to founders that you are now currently building might become a public stock uh, traded company. So uh, worth to, to know about these things. So you mentioned two terms and I get it, but this is for the audience. So there's something we call it stock investing and then you have stock trading. So tell me a little bit more, Sean, what are each one of these is and which one usually is the one that advisable to, to take, especially for a beginner, of course. Yeah, so a lot of people can get the two kind of interchanged, but they're very different. So stock investing is all about buying stocks and then buying more every month and then you should be holding. And so it's entering, whereas trading is when you're entering and exiting. Now, I'll give you some fun statistics here. In our onboarding, like if anybody joins Ticker, you get a new email, like educational email every day over like 24 or 25 days. However, you can you can skip all the emails. You can read them all on our free site, just ticker.com. But one of them is actually, it, I think it has five different ways we compare the two. And I'm just going to give you two fun statistics here. So um, traders, so get this, 99% of traders actually lose money because they're trying to time the market. They're not spending time in the market. The key is spending time in the market. So if you're trying to time the market, you're high probability you're going to lose money. So that's number one. Number two, and I'm going to ask you a question here, which is there are about uh, 3,000 billionaires in the world. Of those 3,000 billionaires, how many of them do you think are traders and how many of those do you think are investors? At least I know the most famous one, they are investors, not traders, like Warren Buffett and you know all the other big names out there. So they just buy and hold, right? Correct. There are zero billionaire traders and about 50% of the uh, billionaire investors, they are investors in the stock market. There's a lot of people, of course, that invest in real estate. And, and of course, there's another percentage of their entrepreneurs. So, so there you go. You want to make money. You have to be an investor. And I'm going to share a quick case study for you. That's very inspirational. Sure. You can look this up on CNBC, a guy by the name of Ronald Reed. He's a janitor who built up a net worth of $8 million. The question is, how does somebody who's making close to minimum wage become a multimillionaire? Well, the answer is you want a highly focused portfolio of individual stocks, Warren Buffett style. These are strong businesses with strong financials. And what he did is he invested every single month. It's kind of like somebody's 401k where they take your money out of your paycheck and invest for you. Well, they're investing in a fund, which is fine, but you're not going to make big returns that way. You got to go on individual businesses. So he was investing in, in like the 70s, 80s, and 90s in like GE and Johnson & Johnson. I think Dow Chemical was in there, maybe CVS Health. Um, but he didn't have more like 10, more than 10 or 12 stocks. And that's it. Just focused portfolio month over month. And that's where you make some real money. So... Uh, because I've read some books. So here are we talking about what's called like value investing? Like uh, That's it. It's called value investing. Correct. Right. So so you keep so you keep the stock for a long time and probably now I'll tell you what majority of people they think about the stock market specifically, uh, Sean. So they think forget about even the traders. So they traders, as you mentioned, it's it's like it, it's like going to the casino, right? So, so it, it is. Yeah. Now, for value investing, but people ask sometimes, okay, fine, I get it. I need to invest on the long term. But 
how I can, you know, get income of, of my investing. So does this something that also the platform yeah. at Ticker that, that can help? Because, you know, some people, they believe in dividend uh, stocks that keep them generating revenues, I mean, income for, for years. So if you can shed some light on, on, on that one, Sean, from your experience, of course. Yeah, so this is where I like to bring real estate into the equation, compare the two. So um, stock investing is a leveraging compound interest where you really build your net worth, but it really doesn't produce passive income. I do have a strategy here I'll talk about uh, that's different than dividends, but your portfolio will, the compound interest will build your net worth faster than real estate. For example, you can buy a home for like $250,000 and in the next year, will it appreciate to $500,000 and the next year go to $750,000? The answer in most cases is no. But with stocks, you can buy a stock for $100 and then the next year it can go to $200, next year it can go to $300. You buy some really strong value stocks, your net worth can appreciate a lot faster. Now, real estate has the advantage because renters are paying you passive income. So that's, I talk to a lot of real estate investors will always have this uh, friendly debate, you could say. So I'm like, hey, you got me beats with uh, passive income, but I got you beat with building my net worth. But a strategy that works, if you do want to build passive income, and I, Ticker will be helping out with this, we'll be supporting it, but we also have another revenue stream in our business, which is Ticker EU, it's courses. And we call it kind of a nice to have, not need to have. One of the courses is called Stock Investing for Beginners. It's like 60 modules. You're a complete beginner. You want to get up to speed within the next, you know, 30 days or less. It that that course is for you. So I have another course that's titled "How I Invest with Ticker." So it's kind of like looking over my shoulder to see how I use the tool. People like that course as well. And then the third course is coming out here very soon, which is how to create passive income with the stock market. And the solution there. Have you ever heard of uh, options trading, covered calls? Yeah, of course. Okay, I. I will tell you and everybody else, I do not support options because you can lose a lot of money except for one strategy and that is covered calls. And I'll kind of describe the concept. So it's kind of like real estate. You need to invest some money first. So I'll give you an example here. You need to buy one contract of an option and a contract is hundred shares. Not all stocks have options uh, attached to them, um, but an example would be like Caterpillar, large manufacturer, you can buy one contract and then what you do is you sell a covered call over the next 30 days. And how it works is you sell a covered call at a strike price higher than the current price. So let's say the stock's at hundred bucks, strike price is at 110. And how it works is if the stock goes up to 110 over 30 days, it sells automatically and you take a profit. However, if it does not hit the 110, you get to keep a premium. You get paid for holding that stock. So no matter what, if the stock goes up or down, you are making money. So, and the course will talk about this. So I'll give a quick um, little sneak peek on how you should approach this is don't co-mingle your main portfolio with your options. You want a separate account. Like for example, I use TD Ameritrade. I can have my second account and it should be a business account. I recommend like an LLC or whatever business you have there in Dubai. Um, that's your that's your second account. And then you use that account only for options. And I will say this. I know people are thinking, oh, wow, I can create passive income with options month over month. You will mathematically, your 
value investing portfolio will outpace your options portfolio by a long shot because it's compound interest really accelerating. Whereas when you're in a, a mode where you're selling and then buying again and selling, it, it kind of slows down the machine a little bit. You can make passive income, but you're still not going to get as rich. I, I think this is very good advice, especially for entrepreneurs and, and startup founders, because, you know, they, they need to build, uh, you know, their networks also as well, to, to your point. So uh, from them, hopefully they're going to build a successful startup and they're going to, um, you know, get this money and they need to do something with it. Otherwise, you know, it, it will be wasted. So it's a good, good advice, actually, Sean. Um, you know, one more question related to, to this, because people ask, okay, is there a minimum that I should start with? Like, is it something that I should be contributing every month? Yeah. How usually, you know, you, you've seen the successful strategies goes with? So you probably appreciate this and our, our, uh, or your new investors out there to the market will appreciate this. So a lot of people that join Ticker, you know, when I joined the platform, I thought, hey, this is a great way to build your wealth. Well, to be honest with you, most people don't care about that phrasing, like building wealth or getting rich or um, even even buying stocks. The one, and we've done a lot of A-B testing on this, the number one word that everybody gravitates towards is confidence. People at the end of the day, they want to have the confidence to buy stocks on their own. That's it. That is the home run people are looking for. So what we do is when we... When we get people on board of the platform, we teach them that, hey, your first objective is to build confidence. And by doing that, you want to invest between $100 and $1,000 your first month. You just want to buy a few stocks. And then after that, you want to kind of ramp up a little bit. So you start small. I, I kind of phrase it. I use this metaphor. It's like I was a swimmer as a kid um, in that, that first time I'm jumping into the deep end of the swimming pool. It was like the scariest moment ever. Like, but after you do it once, I was like, hey, I, I didn't drown. I can do that again. It's essentially the same thing with stock market. You're going to buy your first stock and you're going to be anxious. You're going to be worried. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Well, after you do it the first time, the second time is significantly easier. That's really, you know, I think good advice for, for uh, people who are just getting uh, started out there, Sean. Uh, Final thing I want to ask you, Sean, here is uh, where do you see Ticker going in the future? Like, well, what, what do you have any plans, you know, for uh, adding some new features, uh, maybe getting some other components? So, so what's the plan? Yeah, the plan this year is actually after the mobile app goes live here in the next month. So we're a web app right now, but we got iOS and Android coming out here in the next month. That's been like a year and a half long project in itself. Um, so our customers are excited about that. After that, we'll have broker connections. So people can actually connect their broker to Ticker. And if you make any um, buyer and sell moves in your broker, they will automatically update in your Ticker portfolio tracker. One of the features in Ticker is you can track your portfolio. Um, so a lot of people are looking forward to that. There's about 15 brokers that will be connected, but it'll be a good start. Uh, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Robinhood, um, DeGiro. There's a few others on the list, but there, there are a few. Then after that, we plan on expanding. Right now, we've got 40,000 stocks on our platform. We plan on moving to a new data provider that'll get us real-time pricing in the US, UK, um, EU, and Canada. 
And it also move us from 40,000 to 60,000 stocks and move us. And we got about 1,600 ETFs. We'll move to about 8,000, which will be most ETFs around the globe. And then we'll get some mutual funds in there too. So that's, that's going to be a massive project, but that'll be hopefully the end of the year. And then the big play, I'll, I'll stop after this, but the big problem we want to solve out there is what brokers deal with. A lot of brokers out there get a lot of customers joining with like between a hundred and a thousand dollars and they'll sit, they'll sit for two months, three months, four months, five months, sometimes a year, and then they'll buy their second stock. And that has two problems. Number one is that investor is not doing themselves any favors. You are not going to build your wealth with this passive, I'm kind of testing the water type attitude. Two, brokers make their money based on transactions. There's micro fees behind the scenes so they need a large volume of people making transactions. So we're working on showing data that by using ticker, people are actually making more transactions. They're buying more stocks every month. So I, I have a few um, lines of communication, excuse me, lines of communication to brokers as we speak. And my goal is to present the data showing that statistics. And if that happens, I want to partner up with a few brokers um, and help them uh, get, get more investors, as I phrase it, get them off the bench, get them in the game. So that's, that's the big play we're looking at. Good. You, you answered also the you know, one question that came to my mind about, you know, currently you have only the U.S. stocks, I believe. So you're planning to add, uh, you know, more international stocks, which is, which is uh, fantastic, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so that's great. Uh, any final thoughts, Sean, anything that, you know, you wished I had asked you before we, we finish? If somebody's out there looking to start investing, don't wait, compound interest in your favor. I tell you what, that that case study I told you about, uh, Ronald Reed, that janitor, that, that should tell anybody, like anybody can build wealth in the stock market, get in. Great, find great stocks using ticker and then stick with it. And of course, if something changes, something goes south with your stocks, ticker lets you know and you can sell it for a profit. But anyway, yeah, that's it. Don't wait. Don't sit for the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months thinking, gosh, I wish I would have started investing. You want to start now. That's cool. So the website is ticker, T-Y-K-E-R.com. I'm going to put the website in the show notes. Well, uh, Sean, thank you very much for for the time today. Uh, I love that, you know, and I'm doing this more often is I'm trying to get some diversity in, in, in the topics I discuss. And I think, you know, building wealth is also important for founders, tech people. Uh, and thank you for, for having, uh, you know, your thoughts today. And, you know, I advise everyone to go check because, you know, I checked the website before. And, uh, you know, Sean have done like a great uh, job of putting a lot of, uh, I mean, educational material over there. So go check it. And as usual, this is how we end our episode. So this is for the audience. So if you discovered this podcast uh, just now, uh, thank you very much for passing by. I hope you enjoyed. So please subscribe. We are available on all the podcasting platforms and on YouTube also as well. And for the people who are always, thankfully, following and sending me their feedback, my loyal fans, thank you very much also for your encouragement, for your feedbacks. Uh, please keep them coming. If you have any idea, any topic you want me to bring someone to talk about, I would be more than happy to listen. 
And if you are yourself, you know, having an idea, doing something different and you want to come to the show, which of course related to usually what we discuss, also don't hesitate to reach out to me. I would be more than happy to discuss and get you here on the show. Thank you very much for tuning in and we will meet again very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hit that subscribe button, share the show with your tech-savvy friends and fellow entrepreneurs, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Your support means the world to us.